China slapping an over $100,000 bounty on a U.S. citizen. Why she's on the wanted list. A New Year's resolution from the Treasury Secretary repairing the U.S.-China relationship. We aim to make our communication resilient. Collaboration with China on climate issues also high on the list. While former President Trump says he would renege on a $3 billion pledge for the Green Climate Fund if elected. The FDA scoring a major bust, seizing over $18 million worth of illegal e-cigarettes, all from China. And Beijing wrapping up a big conference, setting the tone for economic policy in the coming year. A look at the biggest takeaways. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer, a 23-year-old U.S. citizen now on Beijing's wanted list. Hong Kong authorities are slapping an over $100,000 bounty on the head of Joey Suyu and four other activists. What's behind the arrest warrants? Here's more. Hong Kong authorities on Thursday added five more pro-democracy activists based overseas to a list of wanted people over alleged national security offenses and slept bounties of one million Hong Kong dollars or just shy of $130,000 on each of them. It's part of a continuing crackdown on dissent under the city's national security law imposed by Beijing. The five join a list of eight wanted persons first announced in July. Steve Lee, Hong Kong's national security police chief, said the allegations against them include the incitement to secessions, incitement to the subversion, and the collusion with a foreign country or with an external element to endanger national security. The five are now in various countries, including the U.S. and Britain. One of them, activist Joey Hsu, is an American citizen. She told Reuters this showed the extraterritorial reach of the national security law and the chilling effect that follows. The U.S. State Department on Thursday condemned what it called egregious actions taken by Hong Kong. Uh, we deplore any attempt uh, to apply the Beijing-imposed national security law extraterritorially and reiterate that Hong Kong authorities have no jurisdiction within United States borders, where the advocates for democracy and freedom will continue to enjoy their constitutionally guaranteed uh, freedoms and rights. I decided not to go back to Hong Kong. Earlier this month, another prominent activist, Agnes Chow, announced that she had traveled to Canada and would jump bail over a national security offense. On Thursday, Police said if she did not return to the city to meet her bail conditions, she would become a fugitive. They also said they've arrested four people in Hong Kong for providing funds to two other wanted activists now based overseas. The first arrests on financial assistance grounds under the national security law. Joey Siu was born in South Carolina and moved to Hong Kong when she was seven. She played a vital role in Hong Kong's pro-democracy movement in 2019 and fled the city a year later. Siu has been an active advocate for human rights in Hong Kong and Tibet. She has testified twice before Congress. Reacting to the news, Siu posted a statement on X, saying she will never be silenced or backed down. Repairing America's relationship with China, now a top priority for Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. She mapped out the goal for 2024 on Thursday. But as the world's two largest economies representing 40% of global GDP, the U.S. and China together have an obligation to drive collective action for the benefit of people and economies around the world. 
In a speech to business leaders, Yellen revealed her U.S.-China game plan for the new year. In it, she stressed once again that Washington does not want to decouple from Beijing. Instead, it's focused on improving communications. We aim to make our communication resilient so that when we disagree, when shocks occur, we prevent misunderstanding from leading to escalation and causing harm. Yellen also underscored that the U.S. would push Beijing for greater transparency, beef up regulatory collaboration, and tackle issues like terror financing and the flow of fentanyl. The U.S.-China relationship hit a low point in February when President Biden ordered the military to shoot down a Chinese spy balloon flying over the continental U.S. But tensions have eased in recent months, and U.S. officials are hoping to build on that momentum. In her speech, Yellen also cited collaboration with China on climate issues. The communist country dominates the sector in two areas, production of solar panels and rare earth minerals. Most solar panels used in the U.S. are imported from China, and rare earth minerals are critical for producing the batteries used in electric vehicles. Because of that dominance, collaboration with China seems inevitable for Washington to reach its climate agenda. On the other side, former President Trump said earlier this week that if elected, he would renege on a $3 billion U.S. pledge. That's to a global fund meant to help developing countries adapt to climate issues. When I'm back in office, all climate reparation payments will be canceled to media. We're not paying reparations to other countries who have abused us on trade, who have abused us on NATO. And we'll work to claw back any transfers made by Crooked Joe and his globalists in the next 12 months. He's Vice President Kamala Harris announced the pledge this month in Dubai at a U.N. climate summit. A campaign aide confirmed that Trump was referring to the $3 billion U.S. pledge to the Green Climate Fund. House lawmakers are leaving D.C. for the holidays after passing a massive defense spending bill. It requires the Pentagon to assess the fallout of a hypothetical war with China. Other parts of the measure are facing harsh criticism. With some lawmakers raising concerns about the government spying on Americans, NTD's Melina Weiskup reports from Capitol Hill. On a vote of 310 to 118, with 73 Republicans and 45 Democrats opposed, the House has passed its national defense bill. This year's budget, a total of $886 billion, a $28 billion increase from last year, including a 5% increase in pay for service members. And while many lawmakers can stand behind this change, there are other pieces of the bill that some are not so happy about, such as the temporary extension of a surveillance law that some warn is abused. FISA, we know, has been spying on the American people. They've been spying on you guys with the microphones in your hands right now. That needs to end immediately, so I opposed it. 278,000 improper searches of Americans, and this body is just going to extend the very mechanism of those abuses on the back of the National Defense Authorization Act and say, have a nice day. Merry Christmas. The bill also allows the Pentagon to use tax dollars to pay for service members traveling for abortions and some notable wording on China provisions. It requires the Pentagon to assess the consequences of a hypothetical war with China in 2030 and to outline possible avenues for attack. We need to plan for all contingencies and um, China is uh, exhibiting an aggressiveness 
under Xi that we haven't seen before. But also an effort to try and go after the U.S. dollar to eliminate it as a global currency by drawing in a lack of confidence to the currency for developing nations. So all of our Indo-Pacific countries are now working collectively to make sure that we keep China at bay and we are prepared if China steps over that line. The NDAA has already passed the Senate, so its next stop is off to the White House for the president's signature before becoming law. Reporting from Capitol Hill, Melina Weiskopf, NTD News. The Food and Drug Administration has confiscated more than $18 million worth of unauthorized e-cigarettes. The seizure was part of a joint operation with the Customs and Border Protection and was conducted at a cargo examination site at LAX. According to the FDA, all of the 1.4 million confiscated units originated from China. They included commonly used brands like Elf Bar and Funky Republic. The FDA says the items were intentionally mislabeled as toys or shoes and were also listed with incorrect values. The agency says the seized products will be destroyed. China makes over 90% of the world's vaping devices, and a Chinese brand has become the driving force behind some popular vaping products that are flooding the U.S. market. E-cigarette makers Elf Bar, EB Design, and Lost Mary have become best sellers in the U.S., and their products all come from one Chinese company called Heaven Gifts. A gloomy projection for China's economy in the coming year, straight from the World Bank. Beijing authorities are taking steps to rejuvenate the struggling economy, but are they working? Let's dive in. A projection from the World Bank on Thursday is painting a grim picture for China, forecasting its annual growth rate is likely to drop 4.5 percent. The report said China's economic recovery remains fragile. Among the challenges troubling the country, a crumbling real estate sector, weak consumer confidence, and high debt levels. Officials tried to give the economy a lift. Local authorities issued a record amount of bonds to support troubled smaller banks. That's as they tried to fend off potential risks that could be triggered by a real estate crisis. Based on a CNN calculation, at least 15 provinces have issued $29 billion worth of special bonds for small to medium-sized banks. The total is the highest on record since 2020. China's smaller banks control $13 trillion in assets. That's almost 30 percent of the country's financial system. But these institutions are also more vulnerable to the economic downturn. It's because they have the most exposure to China's real estate sector, which is under a growing risk of default. Now all eyes are on Beijing and its next steps. Top officials just wrapped up the annual Central Economic Work Conference Tuesday. The annual meeting sets the tone for economic policy for the coming year. Officials have pledged to put greater focus on economic growth, but they didn't lay out any concrete plans to boost consumer demand. That's as some experts cast doubt on whether authorities can make good on their promises. Russia is leaning closer to China amid Western sanctions. Russian President Vladimir Putin praising ties between the two countries Thursday. He estimates bilateral trade could reach $230 billion this year, higher than the $200 billion target. We are thinking about further expansion of supplies to China. We are considering other countries as possible consumers. Trade between China and Russia jumped over 20 percent this year, and China is now Russia's biggest energy buyer. Russia has also become more reliant on Chinese goods. 
Worth noting, Russia's buying power has been slipping since the second half of 2023. Its war on Ukraine is straining its economy. Plus, the value of its currency, the ruble, has also been dropping. Next, an update on cross-strait relations. Just less than a month before Taiwan's presidential election, Beijing is once again ramping up pressure on the island. On Friday, the regime's commerce ministry wrapped up an eight-month investigation, saying that Taiwan's import restrictions on mainland Chinese goods constitute a trade barrier. The probe has been around since April and was supposed to last through January 12th, one day before the election. Beijing's ministry didn't announce any countermeasures. But given the timing of the investigation, Taiwanese officials have repeatedly called it an attempt to meddle with the island's election through economic coercion. Meanwhile, Taiwan's defense ministry said it had detected more Chinese military aircrafts operating in nearby waters. And those planes were reportedly carrying out joint combat readiness patrols with Chinese warships. For decades, the Chinese Communist Party has seen the self-governed island as its own territory and has vowed to take it by force if necessary. That's despite never having ruled it. Winter has arrived in China. Extreme cold fronts are hitting the northern and central parts of the country and bringing heavy snowstorms with it. Yes, there's going to be a lot more extreme weathers in China and people need to be prepared uh, individually um, because the chances of individuals being able to count on a government to provide for resources um, is is becoming lower and lower. The snowfall is also causing transportation troubles. On Wednesday alone, more than 4,000 flights were canceled nationwide. Official data says that day's rate of canceled flights hit nearly 27 percent. What's more, the surging snowstorms have caused nearly 200 road closures, more than half of them highways. Plus, all kindergartens and K-12 schools in the city of Beijing have put classes on pause. The National Weather Bureau forecasts a new round of powerful cold fronts will land in China this weekend. That extreme weather is also causing transportation accidents this week. The most recent sent over 500 people to the hospital, over 100 of them with broken bones. Thursday night, a high-speed subway had been running through China's capital city of Beijing. But slippery, icy-covered rails caused collisions between some of the train cars and broke others. The accident happened on one of China's busiest subway lines during rush hour. Passengers smashed train windows while trying to escape, then were forced to walk in the cold along the rail line at night. The subway company said it would cover all medical feeds tied to the accident. Coming up, $1 billion sent to China with another $500 million pending. From N95 masks to COVID-19 test kits, American taxpayers are still shelling out for medical supplies made in the communist country. And a group of U.S. lawmakers is trying to stop it. NTD's Steve Lance sat down with Congresswoman Diana Harshberger to find out what Congress can do to help bring American manufacturing back home. More on that after the break here on China in Focus.
welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. The U.S. is still buying medical supplies made in China, most of which is tied to the CCP in some way. Tennessee Congresswoman Diana Harshberger is trying to stop it. She's urging Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Bashira to put investing in American manufacturing first. NTD recently sat down with her to discuss. Congresswoman Diana Harshbarger, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure always, Steve. You know you can call me. I'll come. You and the Florida Senator Rick Scott, you sent a letter to Secretary Becerra urging him to prioritize American manufacturing over China. It seems like common sense. Why did you do it, and what has been the response? We sent a billion dollars in 2022 to companies with Chinese ties to make a COVID test. I'm like, does that make a lick of sense? And when they issued N95 masks to the members of Congress and we had to wear them on the floor, right on the side it said made in China. And I thought, well, th hmm. this is not good. And so this year they want to send another 500 million over to companies, you know, to China. We are sending tons of money to an adversarial nation and all that we get in return is that they sent COVID to us. And so uh, Senator Scott and I wrote a letter to HHS Secretary, HHS Secretary Becerra to say, look, we don't want the Biden administration sending any more money to China for COVID tests or anything else for that matter. We need to prioritize American manufacturing. And I've said this since I've been here. If we can do it here in America, we need to do it. If we can't, we need to uh, contract with allied countries who have our best interest at heart. How problematic is it that given the fact that COVID-19, uh, we also refer to it sometimes as the CCP virus, the yeah. Chinese Communist Party virus, originated in China, that U.S. contracts could essentially allow China to profit. Are you seeing uh, that with the Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party, which is bipartisan now, uh, that some of your colleagues on the left and Democrats are getting on board with your type of legislation? Some of them are, absolutely. And they do agree that advanced manufacturing in America is an answer. You know, we have the only plant in the country that produces penicillin and it's in my district. That's a model. You don't have to reinvent a wheel. We can incentivize these companies to manufacture right here in our own country, and we need to do that. That's critical. You know, if you look at just stockpiles, you know, that, that goes back to the Department of Defense. We need to stockpile certain drugs. And right now, what are, what's China dealing with? They're dealing with uh, these pneumonia cases in, in pediatrics. So how do we know that's not coming in some way, shape, or form? And good Lord, you know, I look at the cases of RSV that are increasing right now, not just in children, but the elderly. And then I look at the wide open border and how many Chinese nationals has come over. And I'm thinking they're bringing disease states that we've never that we've eradicated or that we're seeing, uh, you know, the numbers uh, go up dramatically here in this country. You just returned from the border. Last week, I believe it was, we hit a record, over 12,000 uh, people passing through the border in a single day illegally. Uh, wh what did you experience? What were you seeing down there? You know, they told me how many countries people are, are arriving to this country from. It's almost every country in the world. And so they change, you know, the cartel, it's a business to these people. So instead of coming through the Rio Grande Valley sector now, they'll go to the El Paso sector. And then the Tucson sector is being inundated with illegals because they change it up. They know where our Border Patrol agents are. And, you know, this morning I heard at Del Rio that 
you know, it was one officer to 400 people, and then you go to some of the other sectors, and it is even more than that. It, it is, you cannot, this is unsustainable. You know, if the 1,000 a day is untenable, what do, what do they think that 12,000 a day is? They are just releasing them into the country without a return to court date, and we don't know who's here, and that's just the people that they process, Steve. That's not the, the gotaways that we don't know, and the drugs coming over. Mm -hmm. I saw a chart on which sector and what drugs were prominent in each sector, and it's unbelievable. Even at where I was, the illegals may not be coming through as often as they, they were, but it's the drug trade, and their number one drug at the uh, the RTV sector is marijuana. Mm. And he told me it's not the marijuana of the 60s. These are very potent strains, and a lot of it contains fentanyl. It's laced with fentanyl. Congresswoman Diana Harshbarger, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocusntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you soon.